<laughs> Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope to help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. We're really blessed today. We kind of got a bonus because we were going to have one guy on to tell his story, and that is the uh, F3 major pain. Uh, but He's down there, cadre for the GTE that's going on this weekend in Hampton Roads, and he's brought along another one of the cadre, F3 Akron, and so we're going to have both of them on here. So what's what, what could be better than one high-impact man? Two high-impact man. Two high-impact That's right. That's right. So I'm Nevin Gorky. I'm your host. I'm known as D-Fib in the gloom with my F3 brothers. I'm joined, as always, by Troy Klinger, my co-host, who's known as Dial-Up in the gloom. You all know him and love him. Uh, Dial-Up. Getting ready for the Tussie. You're ready. You, I'm ready, you, you yeah. Could, you could roll off the couch and run one of these things. We're yeah. doing a Tussie 50 endurance relay next week. It's it's all just to kind of expose some packs to the concept of a, a relay race. Short right. one. Only 50 miles, right? Yeah. But this is how we get our hooks into them for doing something big next year and going down with us to the Blue Ridge Relay. Yeah, the Blue Ridge. Uh, that, that you've heard us talk about a lot of times. We've had this how many total guys? I know I didn't do it this year, but I did it last year. So how many total guys have done it from our region? From our region now. Uh, yeah, I think so. Eight? That's yeah. enough for a team, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We're there. That's enough for a team if DFib gets in shape. That's right. <laughs> you abandoned us this year. I did. Next I did. year you're back. I'm, I'm hoping. Lord willing. All right, so we got these two guys on. Uh, these are two former military guys. I, I yeah. just... Are you military? Yeah. Like, like 10 seconds before we came on the air, I just read Akron's little bio in the in the Growak thing. He's a former drill sergeant. We got uh, an 11 Bravo. I think that's infantry. Is that not right? Oh, I don't know if they can hear me. Can you guys hear us? Yeah, yeah we yeah, can hear yeah. you. No, we're just having a real conversation <laughs> I think Sorry they're, about that. they're. Sounds like they're at a concert. I think they're enjoying the libations of the uh, pre GTE. Are you guys on the beach? Yeah, we're on the beach right outside uh, the uh, Calypso. Yeah, Calypso Bar and Grill, where the rally is for GTE 32. Nice. All right. So, this is this is the pregame. Yeah. This is this is how your cadre. Yeah. This is how your cadre behave before the big event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my cup of water here, but. Uh. Uh, all right. Well, um, we're going to just bring you both in real quick. We're going to get through the, the short, the, the early stuff uh, quickly. I, I already mentioned, Akron, you were 11 Bravo. That's what, infantry? Yes, sir. How about that? I, I knew that somehow. Uh, and a formal dr drill sergeant? That's correct. Yeah, you know, I, I went to, believe me, my military experience was nothing. I was in Pennsylvania National Guard, I went, but I went through boot camp down in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and I was 18, and uh, we didn't have phones and, you know, fancy stuff back then. But I wrote a letter back to myself. It was kind of like my way of journaling. Uh -huh. And I remember one thing I wrote in there, uh, drill sergeants were a-holes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they served a purpose. But they, yeah. Did you just add that part now, or was that actually no, in I'm your just letter? adding that now. Okay. So, <laughs> no, but I remember saying that uh, that – if I if I had a reverse time, I'd never do it again. But I would. I think everybody should do it. And I'm glad I did it. That kind of thing. That's kind of how I feel about a lot of our beatdowns and CSOPs. We yeah. Every you time never, that alarm goes off at four fifteen, I go out. I don't want to get up. But you're always glad you did. But I'm always glad I did. That's right. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, Major Payne, let's start with you. Your real name is Jim Gregory, right? I got that right? That's correct, yep. All right, so... That's what my wife calls me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. She didn't call you Major Payne? Oh, well. She calls me... Well, it's James Gregory when I'm when I'm in trouble. Yep, and, <laughs> and the yeah, word but, pain uh, might be in yeah. there at times. Yeah, yeah, pain. The word pain is used. <laughs> that's for sure. And well, major. Yep. <laughs> so tell me, tell me real quick, where'd you grow up? What was that like? Where did I grow up? I grew up in uh, near Washington D.C. Actually, so um, was born in Manassas, Virginia. Uh, lived a portion of my life there. My dad was in the Federal Aviation Administration. So we would we moved out to Oklahoma City. We lived in Atlantic City. Uh, but the large portion of my life is in the D.C. area. No, you're kind of home. That's where you live now in that area, right? Yep, it is. I, I, I live uh, within a mile of uh, houses that my mom grew up in, Yeah, kind of neat. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Did you did you play sports and stuff when you were in high school and college? I, I played all kinds of sports growing up. And uh, from football, baseball, basketball, all the things that kids in the 80s played, uh, I, I did it. And then uh, when I got to high school, I determined that I wanted to find something I could potentially get a scholarship in. And so I focused in on swimming. And so I, I became a swimmer and swam at James Madison University. Oh, James Madison. Yeah, pretty campus. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very nice. So, so wait a minute. You said growing up in the 80s. You don't look my age. How old are you? Yeah, I'm 52. Oh, okay. 52, I got, I got, I, yeah, I got you by four years, but I didn't. You don't look that right. old. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, where'd you go to college? Did you go to college somewhere? Me, I went to James Madison University. I, he said that. Were you not paying attention? I've told you I'm off this week. I got problems this <laughs> yep. week. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys drinking over there? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dial-Up always drinks cherry Coke, so I supply him with the cherry Coke yeah. when he comes over. The caffeine. Yeah. yeah. The caffeine. Yeah, I'm an iced tea guy. but I'm, I don't like coffee. Uh, I know I'm a weird weird guy, but yeah, so Coke's, cherry Coke's my go-to for caffeine. Yeah, iced tea's mine. Yeah. All right, so Akron, where'd you grow up, man? What was that like? Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, the Windy City. All right. Yes, sir. Did you play? Did you play sports in high school? I played football in high school. Uh, grew up just like Major Payne said, you know, playing baseball, basketball. Mm-hmm. Once everybody got tired of playing football, we literally played it every day. Right. Yeah. Cool. Did you go right into the uh, army right, right out of school? Cool story. So I joined the military when I was a junior in high school, January fourth, two thousand one. That summer. But going between my junior and senior year, I went to Fort Benning, Georgia, did basic training. Mm-hmm. Came back, finished my senior year, then went and did AIT. Really? I didn't know it that was, you could do that. I don't do know that. if they still do it now, but it oh, was called a, yep, split out, a split yep. up. A split up. Yep. And listed and did the same thing. Yep. yep. Yeah. I did I did the split training, but I was in college. I didn't know they could do that in high school. I was in National yeah, Guard, so. That. Yeah, my mom had to sign off on it. I was 17. Wow. How long did you spend in the Army? Six years. Six years? Okay. So you were infantry and a drill sergeant. Where were you? What uh, forts were you a drill sergeant at? My unit was the first in the 45th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay. So about 15, my sophomore year in high school, my mom moved us to Greensboro, North Carolina. And that's where I finished high school and went to college. But I, I joined and was stationed at uh, Winston-Salem, which may be about 45 minutes from where I, where I live. Okay, cool. All right. Um, so we'll start, we'll go back to major pain. How did you, when did you get involved with F3? Who EH'd you and how'd you get your name? Yeah. So, uh, I started F3 in 
Chapel Hill, so F3 Churum. I was uh, EH'd by a guy named French Lick, and uh, he was just, we, we went to church with him, and, and he said, hey, I, I work out with these guys. You might be interested in, in working out with them. And uh, and so I showed up. He didn't show up to work out, of course. <laughs> oh. uh, and so I'm out there with these guys, and it was, I mean, I was I was a swimmer in, in college. I'd done some things, you know, I've been in the Army 22 years, you know, did did Rangers, Special Forces, and, and all that good stuff. And, and uh, it was one of the harder workouts I'd ever done. And I thought, you know what, this is a, this is a group that I might want to be a part of. So um, that, that's what just hooked me. It was a hard workout. I, I thought I had a tumor for like three days afterwards because I was so sore from doing bear crawls, <laughs> wheelbarrows, and like the back, the muscles in the back of my neck uh-huh. just had never been worked like that. And, uh, and so I, it just hooked me. They don't make you do I, bear I, crawls in the Green Beret? No, not, not like that, man. <laughs> you, you work muscles in F3 that don't typically get worked like in a, in a weight room. Yeah. That's, and, what, uh, that's what I was going to ask. What kind of like, I, I'm guessing you probably were still in pretty good shape coming into it, but like what kind of working out were you doing prior to F3? Just the, at, like going, going to the gym and, and lifting weights. So typical bench press, overhead, lat pull downs, you know, squats, deadlifts. I mean, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so all the dynamic things that you do in F3, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I love it. You can't I love replicate it, it in a gym. I continue to do it. Yeah. yeah. So how'd you, how'd you get your name? So uh, when I, I didn't even know they did the name thing, um, I just thought they wanted to get to know me. And so <laughs> I said, why well, I spent, I spent 22 years in the army and, uh, I tend to do things where I damage myself. And, uh, and then they just, it, from there, it, it, it made your pain roll out pretty quickly. And the, the guys latched onto it and that's, that's where it stuck. Yeah. That was a movie, wasn't it? Major pain. Yeah. What? Damon, Damon Williams. Williams yeah. 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 Awesome movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I love the movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. So, so you were 22 years in the service, and I know from 22 your, years in the army. Yeah, I know from your bio, you uh, you said that you uh, led troops in combat uh, a couple times. Um, yeah. What, what was that experience like? Yeah. So I, uh, I, w- I actually went through the Q course, uh, the Special Forces Qualification course, uh, was in 2001. So 9/11 occurred while I was going through the course. Oh boy. And. I got to uh, my unit, Third Special Forces Group, in um, September of 2002. They had just come back from um, Afghanistan, the, the initial roll into Afghanistan, and we were preparing to go into Iraq. And uh, so I ended up going into Iraq with, you know, on the second plane load into the north uh, of, of Iraq, working with the Kurds. Um, I spent a lot of that time in the uh, op center, um, pulling in troops and stuff like that. I didn't get my first team until I went into Afghanistan. Uh, and um, until we rolled around the uh, borders of Pakistan and um, basically hunting, you know, Taliban and, and just uh, just gaining intelligence on, on the ground. I mean, there was not a lot of intelligence in the early days of what was actually happening. And so it was on the combat special forces team to go out there and kind of figure out the lay of the land. And yeah, that's, that's what I did for a couple couple years uh, through uh, two, two, three combat deployments there, and then uh, you know 
my career went in different directions after that. But yeah. Yeah. I got, I got to say that, you know, when we, I've already told the story in this podcast, but my wife, it was my wife's idea for me to start a podcast. And I'm like, what? I should start a podcast. I wasn't even listening to podcasts. And so um, then I rolled around some ideas and I bounced these ideas off a few guys. Hello Kitty was one of them because I, I did start listening to the CO2 yep. podcast. And I contacted Major Payne because he is my sector chief or sector Q, excuse me, uh, for F3, yep. the Northeast region of the United States. And we were going to call the podcast the Ball of Man podcast. <laughs> Is he the one that advised against that? He did. He was the first guy to say, did you Google that term? Hey. <laughs> I like, we know what the ball of in is, and I love it, but you might want to Google it. <laughs> right. It's kind of like Merkin, right? Google Merkin? Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, the other thing, this is off topic, but um, an F3, they call, when you measure your waist, your FUPA. I did not know what a FUPA was until I mentioned at work to some ladies. <laughs> I found out quickly what that was. So, yeah. We, oh, yeah. Did yeah, they just laugh at you? Basically, well, they always laugh. Yeah, we just laughed at them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. All right, so Akron, uh, tell me, uh, how'd you get involved with F3? Who eh you? How'd you get your name? So Terrence Floyd, a.k.a. Square, eh me. Uh, I want to say it was Labor Day, a Labor Day Convergence. Uh, 2017 and so how I got my name uh, I'm a, a, a big sports guy and I grew up in Chicago so Michael Jordan is my favorite player of all time he's the GOAT and Square proceeded to tell the crowd that I did not like LeBron James okay and, and he's so from they named me after the city <laughs> they, they, exactly bottom bing there you go perfect they could so name me after the city that he's from yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so if you see me on twitter i use a lot of lebron james gifs and things I, i've kind of embraced it a little bit yeah. <laughs> nice yeah lebron so so michael's the goat for you you know who my goat in basketball is who kareem nope nope although he's 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 right up there no wilt Wilt? Yeah. I, I don't know about the GOAT, but <laughs> it, it, Russell beat him too many times to, to, be, to be the GOAT. Well, I know, but he, <laughs> he had no help. He had, Okay, this is a dude who averaged 50 points a game and like 28 rebounds 30 a game. rebounds. 30 yeah, rebounds sure. one I, season. I'm, I'm a big Wilt guy now. Yeah. I, I just can't make him the GOAT. You know? uh, poor Wilt. He did win two championships, you know. Wilt was great, man. I mean, he was probably... LeBron of his time with his athletic ability, man. I, like some of his long jumps and track and field records are, are crazy. Yeah, high jump. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he yep. was. He ran a like a low fours forty yard dash too, like like a four three year. Wow, yeah. it's almost as fast as you. Up close. Yeah, yeah. Wilt legit wow. could Wilt legit could have played tight end or, or you know in the NFL. Listen. Like, Think fast, run fast. Dialogue. Think fast, run fast. That's think right. Think fast, run fast. Where you think the three-second rule came from? That's yeah, how, I know. I mean, that's how good he was. Right. That's how dominant yeah. he was. There's a story that Larry Brown tells. Larry Brown was a Hall of Fame coach, right? He was coaching yep. UCLA at the time. Wilt was retired. Magic Johnson was playing in the NBA. And it was summertime. And Magic and James Worthy and um, a bunch of the Lakers uh, were at the gym, and they were playing pickup games. And Wilt was there with a bunch of college kids. And, of course, Magic stacked his team with all his teammates. I think the only, only one that wasn't there that was a starter was Jabbar. I think he had uh, Worthy. And I don't know if Cooper was there, but um, A.C. Green and stuff. And uh, there was some controversy at the end of the game. Magic was insisting he won. Wilt was like, no, you know, whatever. And Wilt said, I'll tell you what, we'll play one more game to 10. 
and your team will not score a point. This is Larry Brown telling the story. Okay. And Wilt's retired. Wilt's old now, right? He's, yeah. uh, and, uh, and Larry Brown said that Magic Johnson's team of NBA players, all-stars, with, against Wilt with a bunch of college kids, did not score a point. Wilt blocked every shot. And they beat him. So, yeah, Wilt's my goat. Although I loved, yeah, working, I loved watching Michael good. Jordan play. Yeah. All right. Respect, respect. Yeah, yeah. You, you know where he had his 100-point game, right? You're a Pennsylvania Hershey, boy. Baby, you know Hershey. Okay, just making yeah, sure you yeah. do that. Yeah, well, I know. Too, too bad there's not much video footage of that. There's none, right? I don't think there's any. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's, it's not. Not saying it didn't happen. There's yeah, a right. little teeny <laughs> tiny plaque to commemorate it, I think. I, I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. stop there. I got to tell you something. So, what, Will was taking heat for scoring so many points and not getting his teammates involved. So, what, so the next year, he led the league in assists, Okay. Is that good? Yeah, trust me, man. Will <laughs> top ten all time. Am I Just talking to you? Am I talking into it yet? <laughs> no, you're not. No way. They weren't even no. keeping track of block shots back then. They weren't even. Not, not, I, t- I tell you, you are giving me a better right. argument to put Will over LeBron. Well, you, I put him over everybody. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just right. can't put I can't put them over Kareem. I can't put them over MJ. Okay, yeah, you're about the championships. I know. Yeah, Kareem uh, is number two. You're not biased being from Chicago, so. No, I'm not biased at all. <laughs> no, I didn't watch WGN growing up. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's go back to Major Payne. I don't know where I am with these questions now, dial up. So you're going to have no that. idea. I was just thinking of another Halfway good. Down. So, Major, I, I can I call you Major? Hey, what what ranked? Uh, I, a lot of people do. Strangely. What rank did you fit, uh, leave the military with? Lieutenant Colonel. Oh, you're above so, a major. It oh. makes sense. Yeah. All right. It's all good. All right. So tell me, um, uh, you when I talked to you, I think the first time I spoke to you on the phone, I called you to uh, pick your brain about the podcast. And yeah. I don't yeah. remember exactly what you said, but you were somewhere in the Middle East and you said, I can't tell you where I am. So... Oh, yeah. Are you a are you a CIA assassin like Mitch Rapp or something? Is that what you do? Yeah, if, he t- if he couldn't tell you his location, how could he tell you what his job title yeah. is? I'm a consultant. Oh, yeah. I'm a consultant. Yeah. <laughs> do you have an alias? Do you have a, if you have a problem? I'll help solve it. Oh, I like it. Like the Equalizer. All right. Yep. There you go. When people say I know a guy, I know a guy. He's I was guy. thinking more like Taken or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thirty-six men tomorrow. They're going to have a lot of problems. I'll help them solve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good luck out yeah. there, guys. Yeah. Have fun, Uno. Have fun, Uno. So th- this podcast is going to drop. Uh, It'll be the twenty-fourth. Uh, the twenty-fourth. So this is what we're oh, talking. Cool. What we're talking about right now that's coming up will be history by then. But anyway. Yeah. No. They, yeah. It'll be. They, they should be about recovered by then. By then, yeah, they'll be <laughs> getting close. Yeah. Well, Uno better be recovered. He's running with us. Out of most of the, the, the parts of their body. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll get rid of all the sand. Most of them. Yeah, I think. What do they like? What do they uh, what do they call that in the seals? A sandy patty or something? Well, no, not a sandy patty. Sand cookie. A sugar <laughs> cookie. cookie. Sugar cookie. A sandy, sandy patty. Yeah, that's from yeah, SpongeBob. That's from SpongeBob, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should really make up some story like of uh, hey man major pain told us what they're gonna what you guys are gonna do to, oh, to, yeah, tomorrow tell uno and to yeah. get him scared to death yeah like ah, oh, i can't believe they're gonna make you guys do this yeah we'll, we'll make oh, up hey listen we could, i could give you some stuff on uno though so he's been showing sharing videos with our packs on his preparation. Yeah, he told me about those videos oh did he yeah, had his kids brand them down with yes, a water hose yes oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's Uno. I know Uno now. Yeah, he's been he's been practicing yep. rucking wet. So uh, and yeah. he's he's a little nervous about that. I texted him this morning and I said, you know, go get him, buddy. And he's like, I, I haven't had I, he didn't say nerves, but something uh, since I like went on like first dates in high school or something like that. And um, I said my advice to him, I said, listen, you've done the preparation. Confidence comes from preparation. You'll be confident. Just focus on on helping others. And uh, That's right. And he commented to me to me about. Um, <laughs> about getting wet. I know they're going to get me wet. I just don't know how. I was like, well, there's a beach and an ocean there. So I'm guessing, uh, yeah. End up in pretty there. good indicator. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a big difference from, from getting sprayed down wet and then being wet after a PT test and a welcome party. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a big difference rucking wet when you are dog tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could believe it. And sand and grit. Yeah. It, it, it's where that hard knowledge really takes effect. Yep. Yeah, you said in in your bio, you say you're gonna you're gonna help guys go from their uh, what uh, knowledge of the brain, brain the, the, to knowledge heart of the mind knowledge. to oh, yeah, the yeah, heart, heart knowledge or something like that. Head knowledge to heart knowledge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Tell me what that means. <laughs> Head knowledge to heart knowledge. So they're all in, at the rally right now. It's starting. So the the trainers are are talking to them, getting them getting them pumped up for this a little bit, getting them excited for the uh, the coming day. We go into the uh, the King Builder tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Uh, that's also run by the trainers, and it's it's a learning experience. Um, it's a workout, but they they inject learning and leadership into it. They go right into the growth school, which is all the G3L and just you know teaching about leadership. The so leadership school, growth school. So that is where they're gaining their heart, their head knowledge. The trainers are responsible for for plugging them into all the source leadership how to become better men and then they have a break and at 6 p.m 1800 we, we take control of the cadre and we start transforming that head knowledge that they gained at the growth school into heart knowledge no nothing can be gained in the comfort zone right no change occurs in the comfort zone so we got to take them out of their comfort zone and work them and get them to a point where they can truly understand the things that they learned during the grow school. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I'm excited about this is we've got the Minjack where we're really going to test what they learned during grow school, unlike any other growth ruck that we've had. So we're, we're injecting some new things in there. I think they're going to be pretty awesome. I think it's going to be really powerful for the guys. Um, and, uh, and it's going to truly transform them in ways that I hope they, they can't even comprehend right now. So, Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> Sounds like Q-Source yeah. trivia. <laughs> Q-Source trivia, yeah. yeah. That's yeah what, a little bit. That's, yeah. What our, that's what our Nantan here does to us. He gives us Q-Source trivia and some beatdowns, and we get punished when we yeah. don't know the answers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> that's so, a good idea. Yeah. Well, There'll be I, a little bit of that, so it, it'll, it'll be interesting. But uh, I think also you, we're going to hear some, some things from guys that, they don't even know is inside of them right now mm -hmm. you know i think we'll hear stories and uh you know we'll have a live uh a live feed you know the facebook live um but one of the things about that is you get a taste of what a grow ruck is but you cannot fully experience it we we do not allow guys to record some of the the more intimate you know the stories that come out the right. revelations the guys have uh you just don't get to see that on on the facebook live uh, because it's it's, it's you can't really understand what a grow ruck is about until you experience it. 
and um, and I, I think anyone that can get through an F3 workout can handle a grow up. Really? Um, we do have some parameters. I mean, and, and we put them out there. I mean, there's a PT test that guys have to complete during the grow up, uh, but it's not terribly difficult to uh, pass. However, if they don't pass it, they won't be able to continue on. Um, but um, we put it, you, you, if you go to the, uh, you can see the uh, actual scores. If you go to the, uh, um, what the uh, GTE 32 pre-blast, they've posted the, the scores on there. And so you have to get 60 points in each of the events and uh, at least 60 points. And then uh, on top of that, you need to at least score 210 points. So minimum of 60 points in any one event, but overall get more than 210 points, which should be average of 70 points per event. But um, that's just for safety. That's just to make sure guys um, who are out there have the minimum physical requirements so that they, they don't get hurt or they don't get rhabdo or, you know, they don't um, break down and, and, you know, hurt themselves seriously. That's, or someone else. Yeah, or someone else. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's the, that's the, uh, the old uh, Army physical fitness test, right? It's very close to it. So the army has evolved from the old. Yeah, if you if you know, it's push up, sit up, and a two mile run. So it's very close to that. But the new the, the army uh, combat fitness test now is uh, they they've incorporated hand release push ups. Mm-hmm. So it's those hand release push ups and the exact standards for uh, at the forty three year old age group. So it's forty two to forty six year old age group. So it's the standard for that. Age group hand release push ups. Then I have butterfly sit up, and then I have two mile run. Okay. So, yeah. Well, and so and, uh, does it, the time for the two mile run? The points change as depending on your age. Is that right? That's right. But I I, I haven't changed it for this. For this, it's the forty three okay. or forty two to forty six age group. So, for example, uh, the the maximum amount of time that will allow guys to uh, complete is twenty two thirty two. So if a guy can't run 22 minutes and 32 seconds for a two-mile run, I'm going to ask him to uh, join the support team. Oh, I could do that one. I can make that. You can make that. Yeah. I can yeah. make that. I could do it. Most guys most guys in F3 could do that. So so it sounds like you'll be signing up for a grower. Yeah, we'll look forward to that. <laughs> well, you know, I, we've we'll talked about this. The capital. Right. Smart. Yeah, we, we talked about this multiple times in this podcast, how I've always wanted to do one. I had back surgery, and I got more problems with my back, so that's the only reason why I've avoided it. Um, ah. And I, I don't know if I should take a chance on one or not. So I'm still debating. Well, it's, it's not worth it's not worth hurting yourself seriously. But uh, not the back, man. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But uh, but if you can get it strong enough, I mean, I, funny part would be the one to tell you how he had open heart surgery. I mean, you had him on the podcast, yeah, right. I know, and yeah. talked about that uh, five months before he did Richmond in 2018. So, um, you know, it it's doable. Um, it's hard. But it's doable for, um, I would say, almost any F3 pack that, that makes makes it through a workout. We had a guy in, uh, was it in Arkansas that had two hip replacements? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We also have a guy, I know uh, Boone's Farm is one of the packs here, who is uh, he's a young guy. He was in a, in a pretty bad um, vehicle accident. And I know he's, he's, got, he's got some injuries that he's still working through. And so he's going to be out there. And I... I I hope to see him and encourage him and, and get him through this. He, I know he's got a great heart. I, I've met him and uh, and he just his brother's going to be out here too. It's going to be exciting to have them out here. Nice, cool. nice. Yeah. 
Well, so uh, Akron, uh, you're. Uh, I, I forgive me if I'm mis- forgetting. You uh, are in Greensboro now. That's correct. All right. So you post there. What's your What's your routine like? Like, what? How many days a week do you post? And you know, what's your workout schedule like? Normally five to six days a week, uh, and I, I had the same kind of regiment. Uh, recently became uh, Nantan a couple of weeks ago, so I try to float around a little bit more uh, to the other AOs that we have. But uh, yeah, Monday Monday through Saturday, uh, I've been training for a uh, Cannonball Half Marathon, so I've been running on Sundays as well. But normally five to six days a week. Nice. Then is uh, what are the workouts like? I'm, that, how many are they? Mostly boot camp stuff, or is it rucking, running? Oh, yeah. So we have uh, mostly boot camp workouts. We do have a running workout on Thursdays, another track running workout on Tuesdays. Uh, we do have a ruck workout. We call it hobble gobble <laughs> on <laughs> Thursdays. And, and a couple workouts where there are no running. Uh, well, guys actually bring weights like dumbbells. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, a good variety. Nice. Major Payne, same, same question. I know uh, you planted the flag at the Capitol, right? I did. And uh, we are... Almost exclusively uh, boot camp. We have a couple of running uh, workouts um, and a and a rucking workout, which is just a uh, it's just a flat ruck. Um, haven't gotten to the point where and, and my next goal is to get a an actual ruck AO where we do PT with with the rucks, you know, as well as a little bit of movement. But we're really getting guys used to moving the the rucks around and using them as coupons so um but yeah we're, we're primarily a uh, boot camp region okay capital. yeah cool yeah. uh we we have leaned more heavily i was thinking about this recently we lean more heavily on running we got six workouts six days a week we have a we have an ao where there's a, a beat down but three of them are running now uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. What, oh wow! The Thursdays kind of has morphed, right? Yeah, it's morphed into it was, running. It was boot camp. But it was, yeah. For some reason, all the guys that are queuing are like just running. running. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. We have a lot of guys that splinter during the week too. Like they'll splinter and run. Like uh, we did a cool one uh, a couple Wednesdays. Like we literally ran from one AO to the other and back. <laughs> so we started a little earlier than normal, but uh, yeah, we've got a good running culture in Greensboro. Cool. All right, so I got I got a. Talk about this other thing you had in your in your bio, uh, major. You had, I'm, I'm I could pull it up and read it verbatim, but you said something about taking guys through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And they come out on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I mean, that you know obviously is point there some. Um, I uh, I don't know that just resonated with me when I when I was writing that bio. Uh, I don't know why that popped into my head. I'm not. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself particularly religious, but for some reason that resonated to me um, because I feel like during these bro rucks, you know, I've done enough of them where there are portions of them where guys struggle and and and, and it, they're just droning on and 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 it it feels like you're walking through the valley of the death, you know, the valley of death, and. Um, and I just, I've seen guys transform. I love being a part of that transformation and helping them through that. And I believe firmly that, um, you know, belief in God, believe in the brothers next to you and belief in yourself is, is what gets you through these grow ups. And it, it just, it just resonated for me. So, um, I decided to include it in the bio, but, um, yeah, 
the uh, that's the story behind that. I would say. Do you do you find that like you know the participants? Do you find like like I'm sure it's not everyone, but do you find that almost all the guys hit at least at some spot during the event that low spot? Yeah, I I think it's essential. I think guys need to hit um, points. I, one of the most favorite things I have uh, experienced in these as a cadre is it's when guys are on the verge of quitting and you're able to lift them out of it. Um, I'll give you a quick story of Pure Lead. In, um, if you, if he's, he's done some podcasts around the nation. He's doing great work out in Puget Sound. He's a, he's a true high-impact man. Um, if you guys haven't talked to him, you need to. Um, but he's, uh, he was hurting. He was in, in a lot of pain during the Puget Sound rough. And uh, I had a challenge for the, uh, the guys to memorize Man in the Arena. So if you know Teddy Roosevelt's Man in the Arena, yeah, and I, I gave handed out two cards at the beginning of the rock, and I said there will be an opportunity to redeem a um, you know a, a punishment or, or or a correction somewhere through the night, and if someone can read this, if someone can memorize this, and they I, someone from the platoon, the loser platoon, can come up and and recite it, then I will they will be redeemed. You know, it's a redemption card. So. We went through the night, and there was this challenge where I put the hit the two platoons against each other. Was running up and building the wall. They had to run up, grab a brick one at a time, and they they, they built the wall. And they had to run up this quarter mile, or it's probably four hundred yards up, four hundred yards down, this pretty steep hill. And um, one platoon won, the other one lost. Well, pure lead platoon won, but no one in the losing platoon could memorize it and i said hey pure lead and he had just walked up to say i can't go on anymore and i said hey pure lead would you be willing to try to recite man in the arena for this other platoon so that they don't have to end this dependently was carrying a log a little bit further which they were they were hurting and he said i'll i'll try and he went out there and he did it and it was one of the most emotional recitations of the man in the arena it was just it was so powerful the way he did it i mean he was he was struggling through it trying to remember it and he did it and it was just like the most uplifting thing i've ever seen and this man it it, it just rejuvenated him and he made it through the rest of the rough and it was just one of the coolest experiences i've ever had and so you know these are the times where guys almost like reborn, you know? Um, and, and, uh, and, it ha- and, and for this guy's watching that, that impacted, me, you know, not to say, not even to say what it was for him, you know, and, and you have to talk to him about that, but he, he's a true, just a, just a great man and has a lot of great vision for, you know, and he, he's working with the prison system and trying to get after in the prison system. And that's his passion. Mm-hmm. I, uh, love it, so nice. Nice. Yeah. I, um, I, I, and I, and just to get back to your, your bio, when you made the statement is, uh, guys can excel as long as they learn to trust God and themselves and their brothers. I, I think that's what yeah. F3 is all about. You know, I'm, uh, the, the men that we've had on the podcast, I think the, one of the overarching themes here is obviously the relationships, uh, and yeah. the fellowship part, but, and how it has impacted guys, uh, faith, you know, in a big way we had, 
a beat down. I don't know how long. It was not that long ago, but I cued it. And at the end, I told the guys, I'm going to ask you at the end, I'm going to ask you why you do this. And then we got done and we, we circled up for our circle of trust. And I asked, I said, well, so why do you guys show up for F3? And the response was really cool, wasn't it, Dial-Up? Yeah. We had so many guys that just, I think we had like 13 guys there, which is a pretty good number for us. Um, yeah. And they all you know, respond it. And a couple guys said how it's really, uh, helped them increase their faith. They're Christians. It helped them, help them in their Christian faith. Every guy admitted that it made them more confident. A couple guys with mental battles, how it's really helped them. I mean, it's just, yeah. that, so that's what I've this is that. just all about. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and that yeah. all leads to the mission, which is becoming better leaders, right? More virtuous leaders, more virtuous leaders. And, and, um, you know, the faith piece of it is, you know, everyone brings their own faith. And that's one thing I love about it is, is wherever your faith is, um, believing in something bigger than yourself, whatever that is for you. That's one of the things I love about F3. And, you know, for many of us, for me, it's, you know, I'm a Christian, but, uh, it's not that way for everyone. And we, we accept anyone of, of any faith or no faith. Right. Um, you know, it's about becoming a better man and, and just being around other virtuous leaders is, uh, is going to, have that kind of impact on, on men. So I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. So Akron, uh, you're you're a fairly new cadre, right? How many GTEs have you been a cadre for now? This will be my third one. Third one. All right. Is there like a, a hierarchy of cadre? There's like, is there like a lead cadre for the event and then like, you know, lieutenants or something like that? I don't know about lieutenants, but we do have a kind of a hierarchy, uh, like a, a C1, a C2, and then C3s. But as a, a lead cadre, an assistant lead, and then everybody else is automatically a C3. Oh, got it. Okay. So you got to work your way up from C3 to C2 to C1? That's. I'm, I'm actually a C2 at this one. This will be my first time as a C2. All right. Cool. Pretty soon you'll be a goat like your man Michael. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Had you done a GTE before you went to cadre school? Absolutely. Uh, I did uh, Myrtle Beach, and that's what kind of got my, my juices flowing. Honestly, we, uh, Dredd was my uh, uh, cadre uh, platoon lead, and man, we uh, we did it. We smoked it, to be honest with you. Uh, myself and Olaf, who's a cadre as well, we led a portion of four mile stretch on the beach, and um, we, we heard at, after the event like how everybody got dunked in the water and they had to do bear crawls. We never touched the water just because we did so well in that evolution. and I was like, okay, I can do this. So that really honestly got me to Cadre Academy just because of how well I did at Myrtle Beach. Cool. Pays to be a winner. Something Mike would know something about, six to six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, the, uh, the the GTEs are pretty cool. We, we talked, like we said, we talked to Linus or Cadre Danny uh, last week, He'll, you know, his podcast will drop soon. And I know you guys got some cool things planned for next year. Do you, do you have the schedule out for next year yet? I know it's not out yet, but we, do, you, do you have it made? Yeah, I think we just dropped four dates. Um, yep. This, no. this past, this week, right? October 1st, it was out. It's yeah. on the yeah. website. Uh, it's yeah. a pop-up. You go to a website, you'll see, first you'll see the pop-up. And then underneath that, you'll see Akron in a, uh, leading a circle of trust in the uh, video. Cool. So <laughs> that's, that's the F3 Nation site right now. And, and uh, that pop-up will be there and has all the, the dates for 2023. Nice, nice. And uh, Linus let slip that uh, working on a non-Ruck GTE is going to be running. 
That's correct, man. Uh, it was kind of my brainchild. I'll give Bono credit as well. Um, did a Ragnar race, and we are um, putting the finishing touches on what we believe will be a great non-running GTE event. Uh, and with more details to follow, but yeah, uh, it, it's some guys like it's some regions that are just heavy on running, man. Uh, to get them to get into a rucking culture, you know, that may not happen, but that that same knowledge, the right. same transfer from head to heart can happen without a rucksack. We we can still make it, you know, make it happen. So that's the goal. Yeah, that's cool. So when he said that, Dial-Up's eyes lit up like saucers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I'm looking at Akron. I only can see like his his neck and shoulders. Uh, Oh, is that right? Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out like, is he is he a, is he a real runner, dude? Because you, like you, you got some size to you. I was like, he sounds like he's really. I think into he's running. calling you fat. I don't no, know. no, 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 no. Like he, like <laughs> <laughs> he's got the he's got the big traps and everything. And I was like, is he, fat. is he a runner, dude? Looks like it. He's a muscular runner. He's dude. doing the cannonball half marathon. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not a runner at all. I actually hate running, but the only, <laughs> only way to get better is to do it more. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's funny you ask that circling back. Like uh, when I first joined F3, I was heavy in the CrossFit. Like I only came to F3 like on Saturdays, maybe once or twice a month. And then the pandemic happened and I didn't have anything else to do. So All the gym's I, I, that's when I started going to F3 five, six, seven days a week. And I haven't been to a gym since. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. I wasn't in CrossFit. I was just in regular, you know, Planet Fitness type gym. But I had a similar experience. I I played basketball my whole life, and two years ago, I planted the shovel flag here, and we started F three. I realized that my my overall fitness was better doing F three than just playing basketball and going to the gym and pushing weight around. But my joints felt better. I don't know you guys. You yeah, hit, you, you hit your fifties. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I don't need to be pushing the heavy weight now. I'm doing pretty well. Although I, I the Nand Cave where we're our studios where we're. Uh, recording from right now you might see i have weights in here and a power rack and stuff so i do i still i do still lift a little bit but i don't go heavy anymore as much as i used to and i uh, anyway i just found out that i'm i'm more fit than i have been in years and it's uh and my joints feel better motion is lotion that's, motion that's, is that's lotion. good stuff man yeah absolutely all right so tell me i'll go akron you first what's your least favorite exercise least favorite yeah uh Probably burpees, be honest. <laughs> burpees, that's that's a common uh, exercise that's chosen. Like 90, as least that's like ninetieth percentile. Of, yeah, I think uh, so. Answers, no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel like that brings extreme. It's like you love it or you hate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty. I'm probably choose. I love it. Yeah, I'm pretty good at them. But I hate them though. Hold on, <laughs> clap or no clap? Oh boy, Def, definitely clap. clap. Come right. on, man. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Major Payne. Same question. What's your least favorite exercise? would be monkey humping. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Only to be done in the gloom. Like, <laughs> the dark gloom. <laughs> Someone posted a video on Twitter. Was it an NFL team was doing monkey humpers? On the- I didn't see yes, it. Yes, I saw that. I Did saw that. That was hilarious. We, uh, oh, we, we had, I'm uh, a leg day fan, so I like monkey humping. Yeah. They, 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 they're horrible. We had, uh, uh, when we had troubadours, we had Banjo, Tom Hayes, Banjo. Uh, he was a troubadour. He came up and, and visited us about, like, we we, we start, sh- planned to shovel flag in May. He came in, like, January or something, something like that. Something like that. It was almost a year for Ooh. us, yeah. And um, anyway, he, he led the beat down on a Saturday morning for us and took us through town. And we were at the busiest intersection in Danville. And it's a little busy. <laughs> it's a fairly busy intersection on the corner 
like 20 guys doing monkey humpers in front of a Wendy's on the corner of an intersection, all the cars going by. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, I got man. a funny story. Kadri Academy. I was uh, the first uh, lead, like platoon lead for the uh, cadres and training. And we failed something, and the punishment was 50 burpees with the rucksack on. Oh, I remember that. So I'm, I'm doing burpees, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just feel a rush of water. I'm like, man, which one of these idiots is pouring water on me? And it, my bladder busted in my rucksack. No. So I'm, <laughs> all my water's pouring on me. We, I'm at burpee number 30. We still got 20 to go. We got a 14-miler coming up, and, and I'm out of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but your rucksack got lighter. Yeah, it did, but they did give me some water bottles just to make sure I stay hydrated. Yeah, see, that was a good plan. Yeah, you that wasn't an accident. That's a great idea. Yeah, good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> My water bladder burst. <laughs> oh, shut up. That'll work. <laughs> no, I never thought about it like that. Before. Yeah, great idea. I'm texting Uno now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let in Uno in on the secret. I don't know what happened, yeah. Cadre. Okay, we're gonna text yeah. him and tell him it's like, That's dude. All good. I can rock you can carry now. Yeah, yeah, we do have, we, and we do have water blivets. So, if, so yeah, all right. Uh, squeeze the water out of rock. All right, well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I had a question that just flew right out of my head. It was gonna be a good one too. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Did, did you know Michael, happens when you get over fifty. Oh yeah, that's true. Speaking speaking of that, did you <laughs> did you did you Michael Jordan was getting interviewed the other day, and did you did you hear the interviewer asked him? It might have been on ESPN or something. They asked him like, "So Michael, you in the glory days of the Bulls with Pippen and everybody, if you played against LeBron, I heard this, and or Curry and one of their great teams, right? Like like how do you think that would come out? And he thought about it for a little bit, and Michael said, "He goes, we'd probably win by four or six points." Somewhere in there, yeah, it'd be it'd be close, and they're like, "Really? You think it'd be that close?" And Michael says, "Well, yeah, we're all almost like fifty now, right?" <laughs> and you yeah. know what's funny? He, he really meant it. Like that wasn't for show. He really meant it. He it. And, and that's what made Mike. Mike. Man, I read a story. Uh, you know, they doing a uh, documentary on a redeem theme, and, and Kobe is one of the closest to Mike as you know, as far as game and just epic. Yeah. A work ethic, and they were talking about how the guys are coming in from like going to a club at, like four in the morning. They saw Kobe on the elevator uh, going to the gym, and eventually, like the rest of the team started doing his same routine, going to the gym, hitting the weight room, and getting two, three workouts in a day. Um, and not necessarily partying all night, but getting up at four in the morning to go work out. So, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, an example. Yeah, I mean, th- those guys truly believe they can do anything they put their minds to mike and kobe so yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're right yeah. kobe i read uh read a lot about his stuff but did you so akron being the michael jordan fan you are did you read the book that his trainer wrote which i can't remember the title his trainer's name was grover um tim grover yeah did you read his Re- book he wrote about training michael jordan was it relentless yes yes i read that one yeah so that guy was so jordan and kobe I don't know about the other goats in the world, but uh, they they would, you know, if they had an NBA game at night, the next morning they were still working out at five in the morning in the gym. And these are grueling workouts. And so Grover would say, you know, a game would end, and he would just look at Mike and he would say five or six, like, I forget, but which time is it going to be tomorrow morning? And he would just tell him. And, right. But somehow, wow. so those guys are made of something special, though, because, yeah. you know, I know I learned that I could recover from things better than I thought I could. Um, but... Jordan would go out and, you know, he would play 
three rounds of golf, drink a bunch of booze, and still go out and beat everybody. <laughs> he just had special That's, genetics. Jordan you know? was that much better than everybody, but we. Kobe, man, like he just wanted it more. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the problem. Like current NBA guys, they're more sometimes they're more concerned about you know Instagram or you know social media or off the court stuff. Like they, he just wanted it, man. Yep. Well, here's right the, yeah. Here's when he first came in the league, he was coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, well, he was only 18. Sorry. <laughs> this episode of the High Impact Man podcast brought to you by fans of Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, here's the thing about F3. Uh, I'm going to say something profound now in my own mind. Uh, here's the thing about F3. There are no goats. Unless you consider the guy who helps the six the most the goat. Right? Because it's you. I like that. It's yeah. you against you. And, yep. uh, you know, we don't need to be... Uh, better than everybody else at every exercise and the time and you know iron packs challenge is great it's really cool but um michael and kobe they were you know the best players of their time jordan maybe the best ever next to wilt but their teammates hated him because they pushed him like crazy and they were so driven to win that uh they didn't they didn't have they didn't enjoy the fellowship along the way and uh because they just they were just so focused on winning. That's not what F3 is about. F3 is about the fellowship. So that's why I say there aren't any goats in F3. How's that sound? Is that profound? I like that. F3 definitely, definitely <laughs> it levels the playing field. Now, now grow or, up. Or is everyone a goat? Ah. Is it no one or is it everyone? Yeah. Okay. And then, how, and then how do you define great? Yeah. Because yeah. those guys made everybody around them better, though. They did, right? but they hated yeah. them. They hated him. Sounds yeah. like a cadre to me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now we got it. Sounds like a drill sergeant to me, Akron. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I had a drill sergeant that was our lead drill sergeant. I don't, I can't remember how it works. But anyway, he was the guy that was the, the our platoon's drill sergeant. But he had guys. There were other guys that helped or whatever. I don't know what you call those. But anyway, they're all drill sergeants. But he was, he was somebody that I, I respected. You know, he pushed you hard. Uh, but he wasn't trying to just you know, do it to make fun of you or anything. And then there was another guy. He was a loving drill sergeant. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he was a, well, I don't know if it can be a loving drill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, then there was another guy. I swear he just loved to torture people. There didn't seem to be much rhyme or reason to it. Maybe it was a strategy. You drill sergeants, you have that kind of strategy? Good cop, bad cop? Yeah. Sometimes you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, he picked Sometimes me. Sometimes it's a lot more natural, though. <laughs> Some guys are more prone to one or the other. Yeah. Well, he picked me to be the standard bear for our platoon during uh, basic training, so I was happy about that. I have no idea why. I was not the goat. <laughs> not the goat. Oh, well. Anyway, all right, so GTE coming up. You guys, what time are you going to bed? I, we're keeping you up too late. I mean, you know, major pain. You're over 50 now. No, we'll be, yeah. Yeah, I do need my, my rest. Uh, we do got an all-nighter after this. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll be all right. All right, all right. 48 hours. Okay, I got I got a couple questions left for you guys. So, uh, Major Payne, you first. If you had to pick somebody, it doesn't have to be alive now. It could be somebody from the past or somebody that you're related, anything, anybody uh, that you would say is your hero or somebody that you idolize or somebody that's inspired you, who would that be? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, I'll say this. I mean, I, I, I've uh, studied Teddy Roosevelt. Mm. He just, that that seems like 
the kind of guy I I would like to be. I mean, he just he inspires me, and I can't expound upon him in, in a lot of different ways. But you know, just just being a, a rough rider, just out there pushing the limits, going out outdoors, and and just paving his own trail, kind of thing. That that's inspiring to me. And so uh, I'll, I'll take him for lack of. Uh, you know, any, any, any one definite. Yeah. I think that's a really good choice because I mean, he's a guy, he had to come, overcome childhood asthma and yep. uh, some frailties. Right. And, uh, and he came from a rich, rich family. He didn't have to take the hard road. He, he could have easily led a life of luxury, I think. Um, but he yeah, had a he more. Took the hard path, the, the, the tough path every time. Yeah. And he had a moral compass. So he didn't want to put up with the corruption when he was police commissioner and stuff like that. Yeah, and then he went out on his own in the in the on, out west, and the, yeah, yeah, great choice, man. That's pretty cool. People, if people yeah. don't know about Teddy's story. They should they should look it up. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Akron, same question. Uh, definitely my mom, man. Uh, uh my mom passed in August, August tenth. Uh, oh, sorry, man. Breast, I mean, lung cancer, man. Uh, growing up in Chicago, uh, single mom, four kids, uh, South Side Chicago. Everything you hear is what it was. We didn't know anything different. And uh, just for her to get us out of there, move us to a safer place, and the, the hand she was dealt and what she what she ended up with, man, absolutely my hero. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Dial, do you have any other questions before I hit him with the last one? I'd say hit him with the big one. Hit him with the big one. All right. Um, so before I do that, I just want to mention, these guys – um, if you haven't got the idea, uh, these guys are leaders of leaders. You know, they've got their military experience, but they are putting in their time to be a cadre. Is uh, actually, I think you guys are using the term wrong. Cadre refers to a group of people, but you guys are called individuals as cadre. But that's okay. Um, but a cadre is somebody who's self motivated, right? Who uh, then pours. Uh, their you know efforts and everything to make other guys better. You heard Major Payne talk about it, um, and that that can only be done because you care, right? And you care about people, and so their their goal is to make men better men, and so that's why they're high impact men. All right, last question. Um, I'll let you both answer. You you could pick who goes first. This is a chance to speak to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America? Uh. My message is that you can do more than you think you can do. I, I think that um, every man needs to be unlocked, and uh, and and even guys who, who are out there doing great things, they, 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 there's always a step more than you take. There's always going to be someone greater than you. There's always going to be someone a, a little bit, um, you know, hasn't hasn't reached your heights yet, you know. And and you can just keep pushing yourself to be a better person, to be a better man. You can always take that next step. And here's the thing, you know, we're going to, we got flux. We all know about flux. Yeah. And so you're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. And everyone has them, even the ghost, even Michael Jordan, right? Mm. And you just have to realize that as long as you're pressing forward the best you can and giving yourself that chance to, you know, understand that there's going to be flux, but keep pushing. That's my message. Just keep pushing. Nice. There are no finish lines in life. Yep. Akron? 
So mine will be a little shorter, man. If if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, man. Nice. Um, I, I, I think one thing Effrey helped me realize is how much you need another brother, mm. even if you don't know it, man. Yeah, it's a great message. Yeah. It's a great message. Guys, I want to thank you not only for being on with us tonight, but um, for giving your time to uh, pour into these men's lives and these guys that you're going to push through this. What do you got, 40 guys? Uh, 36. 36. The number that I have right now, unless we have anyone sign up overnight. I'm on my way down. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) I will take you, just be here at 1800, not 1801. Got it. <laughs> well, you can show up at eight. That'd be fun. All right. But. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being on, guys. Thanks for be doing, doing all you do for the nation, uh, not just F3 Nation, but our nation at large. You guys served our country. As far as I know, Major Payne is a CIA assassin. He's still serving our country, so <laughs> I really appreciate that. He's a quote-unquote consultant. Uh, so I appreciate you guys. God bless you. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you, guys. Appreciate yep. you. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week. And you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.